They got handed a lifeline last night. Panthers loose. Can they take advantage of it? They've lost four in a row, and it's been ugly. Here to talk about the situation, where it goes from here, and whether the playoffs can still happen for this group is my friend from DK Sports. He is DK Sports, Dan Kovacevic. Dan, Dan, long time no talk. How are you? All right, Boomer. Nice renegade intro, man. Yeah, we're we're 36 days from the draft. You know what I'm saying? I think you do. <laughs> I feel your vibe there, Boom. I don't know how many people are going to get that you played renegade because I'm on, but that's okay. Yes, it's all good. Well, it's not good in Pittsburgh. You know what bothered me why I wanted to get you on? You know, you can have losing streaks and, and, and things like that. And you referenced it on social media. The, the vibe in the building in the Ottawa game, sure they played well enough to win, but the, the, the building wasn't full. It wasn't loud. There was no energy. A couple times they tried to motivate the group, but there's, there's just a, a bad energy there right now. There's a really bad energy. And I would tell you that it's from the top down, except that I don't know that the top. Uh, we've seen no presence of the new owner sports group uh, we've seen no presence of the new ownership. Uh, we've seen not John Henry, not Tom Werner, not any of the people who were so excited and sounded so enthused to be around a team. And as a result, there's an air of a lack of accountability because Ron Hextall has made, I'm guessing you would agree with me, some pretty dubious moves. Uh, when you add Mikhail Grandland for $5 million at a cap hit this year and the next two years, and he shows up and does absolutely nothing since his arrival, a goal and an assist in nine games. Fans here, you know, you can, you can deal with a losing streak. You can deal with an off night like what they've had of late, you know, losing to Montreal, losing to Ottawa. What you can't deal with if you're a Pittsburgh fan is the franchise being mismanaged. That's new. That hasn't been the case here for a very, very, very long time. And these fans, you know, they know the difference. And for them to look at the team, go out there and look as flat as they did for a period and a half against the Senators the other night, like you said, it was a lousy atmosphere, but it was a lousy atmosphere that was created from the ice level. and It was created from the top down. When the team started to look like they were a little more into it later in the season, boom, all of a sudden, what do you know? The crowd was getting behind them. Hey, these are the Penguins. We know these guys. Uh, it's I don't want to use the word toxic, okay, because that's pretty extreme, but it's a really, really, really bad setting right now, and this team is going to be hard-pressed to make the playoffs. And let's not forget who's got the longest active playoff streak in all of professional sports. Uh, that's the Penguins with 16 years. Yep, it is. Um, and, and nobody's looking to bail out Ron Hextall. He's in the firing line right now, and I understand that. Is there any way, and maybe you probably won't buy this, is he, in your mind, paying for past sins of a previous regime? Jim Rutherford didn't care if there was anything left in the cupboard when he left. There, there's not a lot of youth on this team, not a lot of speed, and uh, not a lot of kids ready to take the next step. In that regard, yes. Okay, that's a fair thing to bring into it. However, when the Penguins have had youth or speed or skill or performance, that's when Mike Sullivan has come into the mix. And I don't mean that in a good way, because Sully sees a young player and he sees someone who isn't trustworthy. He'd rather have Jeff Carter or Brian Dumoulin, both of whom are struggling at such an immense level right now that it's, an, it's, it's amazing that they're taking regular shifts. Okay, 
Carter might be the worst regular forward in the National Hockey League at age 38. Again, this is another one of those textile contracts. Can't be moved. Has another year on his deal. Uh, these are not Jim Rutherford problems. These are not things that Rutherford created. It's the Wilkes-Barre-Scranton system, barren, pretty close to it. So, yes, that part of it's fair, but almost all of Hextall's problems have been Hextall problems. They've been bad contracts that have been signed. You know, when you get a gift from the gods, like the Blues claiming Kasperi Kapanen off of waivers. Now, in fairness, Cappy's played great for St. Louis so far. But when you get a gift like that, someone takes that contract off your hands right before the trade deadline, and you take all of that magical free cap space that just showed up, and you hand it all to Mikhail Granlund, and you get him from the, the Predators when you give up a second-round pick and don't ask the Predators to take on even a penny of the money, that's your own problem, man. Yeah. Um, so reverse engineer this for me, DK. Let's go back to the summer. They chose to keep the band together. I, I said I thought they were compelled to do it. You had four years left of Sid, and you couldn't ask him to wind down on his own and you know, go back into the lottery. So you, you, you tried to keep it together. Maybe you can make the distinction. Maybe you think, okay, you, you keep Latang, you keep Malkin, but you don't make the other contracts that got you in this kind of trouble. But how, how would you have kept the band together? Well, I would have done this, and it would have been a whole lot simpler. Uh, I like the fact that they, A, you know, kept the band together, and B, kept a supporting cast for them together, meaning signing Ricard Raquel, signing Brian Rust. Rust has struggled. Raquel hasn't. Um, keeping Latang. When you do these kinds of things, you give them a chance to win. The irony in this is that the easiest part of the job should have been just filling out the third and fourth lines with pluggers. And he couldn't do that. But my, It's mind-boggling, but he couldn't do that. He couldn't find himself like six Tyler Kennedy types, to drop a name from the past, who could just go out there and play decent hockey, uh, you know, get you the two-way uh, type of play that you need, scrap a little bit, you know, get in the corners, wear the other team down. He got himself these non-entities and overpaid them grossly. That was the issue here. Sid, Gino, and Latang. boom, if you think about it, look at the season all three of them, especially Sid and Gino, have had, because Latang's had some um, injury and, and personal issues over the year. But when you look at Sid and Gino, look at their performance level. I mean, it's, it, you talk about a gift, you know, getting guys yeah. performing like that at age 35 and 36, more often than not, still the best players on the ice. That's... That's a crime to be wasting that. Well, we, we talked years ago. In 2016, they won that cup with what I thought might have been the fastest team I've ever seen. They don't have those parts anymore, and speed is a fundamental part of what Mike Sullivan wants. He wants to attack the ice. Is, is there a disconnect right now between what the Penguins are and the way Mike Sullivan wants to play hockey? Yes, yes, and yes. This is such. This is one of the, the problems that I have. Whenever people try to oversimplify, uh, including around here, uh, what's wrong with the team? Well, it's just Hextall or it's just this. No, there's a lot of layers to what's going wrong in Pittsburgh right now. Speed factor, yeah, you go back to 2016, and you can have a third line 
in, in which Nick Benino is between Carl Hagelin and Phil Kessel, uh, your third line was skating circles around everybody else. The Penguins took the league by surprise to an extent. You'll remember uh, the whole approach was a little bit different, and they were able to run up unbelievable shot totals against their opponents all through those playoffs and then again in 2017, albeit to a lesser extent. And then everybody thought, hey, this is cool. We're going to try this too. And a lot of teams did, and they ended up succeeding with it. The Penguins aren't – not only are they not new, but they're the oldest team in the league right now. And, again, the problem comes down to, you know, you, you hear that and you think Sid and Gino got old and they slowed down. Well, they're not what they were when they were at their peak when it comes to speed. But it's the third and fourth lines, and it's the lack of mobility on defense that slowed them down. And those didn't need to be the case even while bringing the band back together. If the team was constructed in a pre-planned, pre-conceived way that would have met these criteria that you're describing, Boom, this would have been a very, very different script. Let's not forget that through the months of November and December, Pittsburgh was the top team in the National Hockey League. You know? Yeah. How did that, how, yeah, how did that happen? Well, Sid and Gino were carrying it for, you know, to an extent, you know, they also got good goaltending from Tristan Jari, who we haven't even mentioned yet, and he's been a massive disappointment. So lots and lots of layers to this, my friend. I didn't even feel like talking about Jari, to be honest. I got time for two <laughs> more, and I want to th- I'll stay away from goalies. Now, because this is the, we're kind of doing a death march on the Penguins here, but you said it, 16 playoffs in a row. There's a reason you make the playoffs every year, and I wanted to reference this. A month ago, the Penguins had a home game against the Edmonton Oilers, and, and they were embarrassed. They were humbled, and the Oilers didn't let them touch the puck. And I came on the next day and said the, the Crosby-Ovechkin era is over. And then in their next nine games, they go 7-1-1. One, and one. So as much as it looks bad right now, they can still find it. That, that included two wins over the Tampa Bay Lightning. So, I mean, it, it, they can still find this. We, we know they can find it. Yeah, nice try, Boom, but guess what? <laughs> guess what? They're yeah. currently missing four of their six starting defensemen. Yeah. And you know, other it's funny the, the Penguins have had a fair number of injuries this season, and the reason that it doesn't feel like it or that people don't talk about it is that Sid and Gino have played every game, and the old line in Pittsburgh forever and ever and ever was, "Oh, but they're missing Sid or Gino." one of the two, and that's how you would look at them as to whether or not they were injured. Well, Sid and Gino play every game, Latang's out there every shift, and the guys that are missing are, you know, these fringe guys that I've mentioned who've been killing them, okay, meaning whoever replaces them and, and, and whatever else here. Uh, four out of six defensemen is asking a lot because the only way that the Penguins beat the Avalanche tonight in Denver, for example, or the Stars tomorrow night in Dallas, for example, is to defend, defend, defend. Well, they're going to be defending, with all due respect here, with Taylor Fadun, 34 years old journeyman up from the AHL. You're asking an awful, awful lot. And I, I you know, look, they're one point out. You know, as you noted, the, the Panthers losing last night, and the Islanders are right there in that same category. But it's asking a lot. It really is. Last one for you, DK. Uh, you know Sid way better than I do. Um, this can't be easy on him. He he handles the media as well as anybody. He may not give you a, 
a flavory quote, but he's diplomatic and he's always there to face the microphones. How, how, how do you think he handles, copes with this new reality? Yeah, at the moment, he just has his head down looking forward. I'm sure there's an element, and I, I picked up on this from him, especially on this last trip to Madison Square Garden, everybody at the Garden was exasperated through those two games in which they got beat. And then, of course, in the second one, got slammed six to nothing. Uh, this is new territory for him, specifically. Uh, but I, I don't get the sense that he's, like, engaging in some sort of behind-the-scenes machinations or something like that to, to make changes or whatever. Uh, I've only seen Sid try something like that a couple of times in his career, and this isn't it. Right now, he has his head down. Uh, the leadership of the team, Sid, Gino, Jason Zucker, uh, Chris Letang, these guys ha- are just locked in on what it is that they need to do with this group because they don't they know they can't really change any other circumstances right now they believe they can get in they believe this is all going to be fine um i'm not in that group well if all you've ever done is win then you expect to win and maybe that's all they got going for them right now but tonight will be a challenge dk always appreciate the time thanks for this enjoy the game all right boom take care my man